Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. All right, and welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we are bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince one another that our baby is better. I'm Dan. And I am Garen of the Shire, and this week we return to Middle-Earth using the brilliant supplement known as Adventures of Middle-Earth Player's Guide by Cubicle 7. We used this supplement last week, we're diving a little bit further in this week with some bigger, beefier babies, and I think we're taking it all the way to Mordor, Dan. <laughs> well, and just like last week, I had an absolute blast rolling this character up. These classes, backgrounds, and quote-unquote cultures as they call them, are all extremely unique. Yeah, but speaking of unique, let's go ahead and light our Stone Moss Chapel candle from Cantrip Candles. Oh, haven't you heard? Cantrip Candles, 100% soy candles that are designed for use in tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder, or Adventures in Middle-Earth. They offer a great selection of scents that smell like the different locations in a fantasy world, sanctuaries, scriptoriums, even an old, musty tavern. But nothing fits this episode better than the Stone Moss Chapel. With the notes of moss, stone, and soil, it's seemingly perfect suited for the deep dive into Middle-Earth. But to be honest, they offer candles that are perfect for just about any scenario. We got the sampler pack from the lab, and let me tell you, we use a different scent for every game night, and it's always perfect. If you want to check out their offerings, their sampler packs give you all their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you have decided you want to buy every single one of them, be sure to splurge on their newly offered 16-ounce candle size. After all, they all come with a metal D20, and you don't even have to expend a spell slot. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. If you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. And before we move on, I do want to mention they're working very hard on their ocean scent. I've been following this on Twitter, and I can't wait to check that out. I will absolutely be picking up one of your ocean candles, Cantrip. Yeah, that'll be perfect for the uh, Storm King's Thunder campaign. Oh, are you running Storm King's Thunder? Did you just offer? Did you guys just heard that Dan is going to DM Storm King Thunder for me? Thank you, Dan. I would, <laughs> I would love to actually DM something, but uh, I don't think anyone else would enjoy me DMing. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, Garen and Cantrip Candles. Now let's go ahead and escape back into Middle Earth. I guess I will go ahead and introduce you to my princess. Oh, Prin <laughs> Princess Joan. Princess Joan. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a lot more flourish. <laughs> The sole kin of the king of the house of Telecontar. Is that right? Uh, sounds great. <laughs> Joan grew up a noble princess, but was ashamed that this drew an extraordinary amount of attention to her when she was a child. Pressured throughout her youth to live the royal lifestyle as a princess and groomed to be queen, Joan began to rebel against the wishes of her father and started to steal from the other children in the neighborhood while playing. One day, her father, the king, sat her down and attempted get to the root of her frustration. Joan stated that she was not so much ashamed of her royal heritage, but did not like to share that with the other children because then they began to treat her differently. The struggle's real out there for the kings and queens. Can we get a holler? She told her father that 
She often pretended to be somebody else and could talk her way out of almost anything. She had also become quite good at forging signatures, stealing and disguising herself in the process throughout her rebellion because it made her feel like she truly was somebody else. The king was alarmingly receptive to her feedback and offered her a compromise. She could continue in her deceptive ways and act as someone else, but as an agent for the royal militia. As part of her duty, she would obtain information from foes on the inside, steal, lie, and deceive, break into homes and barracks, gather needed information to keep her family in power, and she gladly accepted these duties and has been doing it for many years. She's now one of the stealthiest spies and most successful thieves in Middle-earth. Let me introduce you to Joan, the female woman of Brie, not the cheese, level 15, agent treasure hunter of the Black Shield variant of the Lost Scion background. Whoa. I like the reluctant princess. It's fun. You got something You got something really juicy there. But I don't know how she's going to fare against a young man who was born into battle. He was born into hardship, but he was also born with an overwhelming love and optimism for what could be bright in this world. As he saw his father fall in a battle against orcs, he picked up his father's sword and defended the rest of his camp with the remaining soldiers of the army, and he became a strong soldier himself. As a woodman of the Wilderland, he is used to hardships. He's used to living out on the land amongst himself, and it got so much harder when a traveling witch came to the village and provided fortunes for all the young men and women. They'd throw her a couple of coin, and she'd tell them what would happen. And she looked at him, and she said, you are, you are doomed to die an awful death. And at first that hurt him terribly, but then he said, you know what, if that's where it's going to go, I'm just going to live out the rest of my life as positive as possible because I know it's going to be terrible at the end, so I might as well enjoy it while I can. You got a real softy there. <laughs> His father's short sword that he picked up and carried with him for the rest of the day was known as Quill, a thin pointy blade. So the young man became known as Porcupine. And you may be asking yourself, why the name Porcupine? Because our patrons are allowed to name our characters sometimes. And I said to, hey, Ben Potts, our patron, what kind of name do you think we should have for our characters? And he said, well, if you give me no context, I'm going to say something like Porcupine. And I took it. And that's who this guy became. Did you reskin a rapier and, and make your name work? Basically, yes. <laughs> well done. So Porcupine is a two-weapon warrior weapon master. He's a woodman of the Wilderland. He is a doomed-to-die background. He is just the sweetest boy you've ever met. Okay, so sweet for someone who's doomed to die. The opposite of a douchebag. Let me just drive that point home. <laughs> yeah, well, that's something different for you. But one thing stays consistent. It was still What's that? dumb. It was still really dumb. <laughs> the name? No, the whole thing was stupid. Thank oh, you very, come very on. Creative. You got to give me that back. This character's you know, got depth. All right, all right, all right. Well, speaking of depth, I'm going to dive right in to the depths of Melee. I'm going to tell you why Joan. <laughs> so one of the suggested names for female men of Brie was for female was Joan. <laughs> so I took it because it's like the, the antithesis of a royal name. So anyway, I'm going to tell you why she earned a negative one in Melee. She has a short sword dealing out 1d6 plus 3 damage. That short sword does a plus 8 to hit, but at a level 15 with one attack, simply not going to cut it, but it's not negative 2 worthy. Well, it is something. Possible 9 damage. I will give you your negative 1. I won't argue that, but you got to give me a positive 2 on Porcupine here. Because as a two-weapon master, he has 
Quill, which is his birthright sword. It's one of his bonuses as a weapon master, so it becomes a plus two short sword. That, that's some stupid shit. This is a low magic world, and you're gonna you're gonna hit Hold me on. with a plus two sword. And it's lethal, where I can add my profi proficiency or my ability modifier to the damage, whichever is higher. They're equal. They're both plus five at this point. So that's an additional plus five to damage dealt with Quill. So that is plus 12 to hit with Quill, and it's a 1d6 plus 12 damage. And then my offhand is plus 10 to hit and 1d6 plus five damage, and I have three attacks. That's a plus two. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am not arguing that. Not Quill, arguing that. Quill is cutting some dudes in half. This tiny little blade, like a great axe through them. I still think it was cheap that in a, in a low magic world, you're using a plus two weapon, but... Hold on. I will explain for you and our listeners. These are the features of a weapon master. Weapon master get these traits to add to their weapon. One of the ones I chose was birthright, which makes the weapon a plus one automatically, and then as you level up, you can add additional items to it, and I made it a plus two as one of my additional items, and I got more down the line, but I'll get into those in the other categories. But let me tell you about my ranged, which is definitely plus one worthy, at least, because I use a great uh, bow, which is a long... It's evident that he has not prepared notes prior to, because he says it is clearly a plus one, at least. At least, I'm, all right, you know what? It's plus two. Just for that, I'm arguing a plus two on yeah, my great Yeah, go bow. for it. Yeah, oh yeah. Plus 11 to hit, 1d8 plus six, three attacks. I'm a weapon master. 1d8 plus what? Plus six, with a plus 11 to hit. I won't argue with your plus one. I'll give you the plus one. But now I'm arguing a plus two because you were challenging. Well, you're not going to get the plus two because I'm going to tell you why I get a plus two. Oh, you uh, get a plus two. Oh yeah, I've got a plus eight to hit with the short bow, but here's the deal. It does 1d6 plus three damage, however... I get 8d6 sneak attack damage on top of that as a level 15 treasure hunter. Sneak attack can be used whenever an opponent is mildly distracted or does not see me. At level 15, sneak attack can be used just about every time. Not just about every time. Argue with me that this is not a plus two. You have one attack. And what's the base damage again? 1d6 plus three plus okay, an so additional 8d6 on top of that. Nine damage, right? And 8d6 is 42 so that's 51 correct my, my math is correct yeah okay i have 42 as well i have 14 times three yeah i have 51 okay yeah so All that's right. the difference between a plus one and a plus two but yours is circumstantial mine is guaranteed it's not, I always because get i'm gonna I, if you want I, I can read what the what the ability is that allows me to do this you don't know sneak attack in middle earth my friend oh is it that is, it's that much different yeah well you got to remember, things are a little different. They've reskinned it. We've they've nerfed a lot of abilities. So what you're what it you're saying? It made it a little bit easier to do sneak attack damage here because people are more easily distracted in Middle Earth. They got more things on their mind. So I have the ability of Luck Winner by eleventh level. I've learned to take advantage of every opportunity. Now this luck, it is up to the lore master as to how this luck is gained. But it, an enemy might be distracted for a moment, allowing me to use my sneak attack. So in lieu of evasion. They've basically made it a little bit easier in here to be successful on a sneak attack. Okay. And it's it's pretty clear because, you know, you can gain advantage on attack in certain cases, and I'll get to all of this, but take my word for it, sneak attack will happen more often than not at this level with this character. I did not argue this in melee combat. I'm only arguing it in ranged. Okay. I get a plus two. All right. Yeah, you took your minus one on melee. I wasn't familiar with the the way they kind of beefed that up, so I can accept that. And that is cool. I like sure. that. 
Yes. Uh, so I'm going to tell you, we, we're not going to do Burninating again this week because there's no magic except for your, you know, character that apparently has some sort got of magical magic weapon. magic sword. Well, so I've got, I'm going to tell you why I'm a plus two in control. So part of this luck winner trade is I tend to always be around at opportune times, overhearing valuable conversations, location of my foes, or maybe find a valuable ring when I'm rummaging around on the floor of a cave. Mm -hmm. It always seems to be beneficial to me, but it's at the discretion of the lore master as to how it specifically benefits me. I also have secrets gleaned. 10 minutes of listening to a conversation allows me to hear plans, find the location of an enemy, learn their weaknesses, also gain advantage on an attack. I have a passive perception of 24. Okay, wow. It allows, <laughs> it allows me to sense enemies and traps nearby. Compelling words, which I can charm someone if I speak to them for 10 minutes. We just get into a chit chat. I can charm them. The charm lasts until a long rest. I have escape artists, which gives me advantage on checks to help me find an escape route. I'm a master of escape. And I also have cunning action, which gives, which gives me the ability to uh, use a bonus action to dash, disengage, or hide just as a rogue. This is one competent princess. I want to see her movie. She can really handle her business. She is clearly a plus two in control you know who this is this is Arya stark i'm i'm not arguing with you she's a princess that'll stab you in the back get all the info make sure peter baelish gets his just desserts i sure Arya ain't arguing with you oh jesus oh that was awful that was terrible so bad so plus two then you know what roll for this one because this was such a strong category this is what i got to do here good call we're using charisma i have a 17 rolled i rolled a 15 plus two charisma Okay, you get it. Sweet. And I am going to argue a plus one on control. This is where the feature of my background comes in called dark foreboding, which I think is really fun. I can sense bad things because I'm so connected with the darkness that's creeping in on me. For instance, that they offer, they offer in the book, if we see a caravan that's been attacked and it looks like it's been attacked by a band of orcs, I can tell by looking at it if it's a, a small raiding party that attacked it or if the raiding party that we encountered is part of a larger army. So that sort of knowledge is very helpful. I can also, as a function of my two-weapon fighting bonus, one of the things I get as a weapon master is not only did I take the two-weapon fighting style, but when I took the weapon master subclass, I got the bonus on my two-weapon fighting where I can forego one of my attacks to force my opponent to have disadvantage on their next attack. You know, maybe like a faint. I also have... This is where the Quill comes in. The infamous name Quill. When orcs see Quill, they recognize it. And if I crit on an orc, every orc in the nearby has to roll a wisdom save, which is 8 plus proficiency plus dex, which is an 18. So if they don't roll an 18 wisdom save, they become frightened of me. Because it's they're like, that's that boy porcupine and his Quill. We got to back off action surge and this is where i'm going to bring in my little ace in the hole here that you weren't aware of her name is myrna as a member of the woodman of the wilderland one of the virtues i took was a hound of mirkwood and this is a ac of 17 60 hit point giant dog that's like you know up to my shoulders did you did you just say a seven hit point dog no an ac of 17 with 60 hit points it's a beefy dog my dog has advantage on perception checks that rely on hearing or smell, and my dog can also attack a creature, and if they fail their strength save after they've been attacked with a DC 11, they have disadvantage on their next attack. So my dog is mixing things up, too. This is a plus one. Oh, <sighs> uh, 
Come on. You're a little lit. You're a little listy, and the the orcs. I'm listy. Thing, Did you hear your list? I took a little longer a little to listy. explain, but you're a little listy, and and it's it's a stretch. It's a stretch of a listy. A stretch. But here's the deal. What's that orc thing? Is that original or is is that from the book? Orcs knowing the name yeah. of my sword? Yeah. No, it's one of the things I took my birthright sword. I took one of the features was infamous, but I have to choose a type of enemy, and I chose orcs. All of my guy is based around orcs. Okay, fair. All right, take your plus one. As a matter of fact. What? You're going to roll for the plus one. Okay. I have a plus two my, to my charisma, so I need to get a 13 or better. I rolled an eight, so you suck. I got that zero. Fine. But let's talk tankiness here. Not only do I have an AC of 17 and 180 hit points. Ooh, you hear that again? 180 tanky, hit points. I got, tanky, bro. I got second wind, and I have another feature of Quill is that it's balanced, and I'm I can transfer the bonus of the sword to my AC for one turn. So at the beginning of my turn, I transfer the bonus, so I no longer get the plus two to attack. But until my next turn, I have a plus two to my AC. Is that a reaction or is that part of your action? Bonus action? I believe it's a bonus action. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, okay, pretty cool ability. What are you arguing? And I have Indomitable. I'm saying this is plus two worthy. I'm pretty tanky. I'm pretty yeah, hard to bring down. It's... 180 hit points? Come on. Yeah, yeah. What was your AC? 17. And I can get it to yeah, a 19. Take, yeah, take that Take that plus two. My plus two is going to seem a little bit, little bit, not Whoa. so great. All right. 135 hit points, uh -huh. AC of 14. Here's the deal, though. Uncanny dodge. You see that attack? Half that thing. Sure. Half it. All the ones I see. I'm looking at you, bruh. I'm halfing your plus two to a plus okay, two. Okay, all right. You're bragging on a rogue ability here. Okay. Yep. As part of Secrets Gleaned. If I observe an enemy for 10 minutes, I gain plus one to my AC. So that 14 becomes a 15. And then out of mem uh, out of memory and old tales, which is actually a background ability, once per adventuring phase, I may re-roll a failed skill check. So I'm, I'm arguing a plus two. I mean, that is, that is pretty tanky. And I know rogues are hard to bring down. I feel like I've got you edged out here, though, with my second wind and... My ability to bump my AC and my overall HP those, bonus those 180, on you. Those 180 hit points don't do you much when you're taking 40 damage from an attack and I'm only taking 20. 135 I, goes a lot further away than that 180 does. I've also got an AC of 17 and 60 hit points on my dog, which could, you know... We've done meat shield before. Don't make me... Your dog has nothing to do with this. On a dragon's breath. Oh, by the way, I failed my deck save on the dragon's breath. Oh, no. I'm just going to use out of memory and old tales and go ahead and re-roll my failed deck save. And, oh, I just rolled a natural 20. So, game over. <laughs> I didn't actually roll a natural 20. I rolled a 6. Oh, I would have given it to you, but you rolled a 6. Yeah. I just wanted to be honest. So, you get a 1. I'll take, I'll take the 1. Do you help your friends? Well, actually, before I get into that... Let me tell you how our listeners may be able to get a plus two in their ally assist. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash D, N as in Nancy, D, Character Lab. And we have tiers that range from $1 all the way up to 20 and rewards that range from getting into our private Discord and being able to chat with Garen and I all day long, which our significant others don't even want to do, but you may for a dollar a month. All the way up to at twenty dollars being able to not only submit a character sheet to the character lab every six months and we feature it in the show argue it on your behalf you're able to name our characters every episode auto decide to auto fail or auto crit on their challenge roles in the show every three months you can grant either garen or i inspiration on our challenge roles in the show you also get merchandise 
t-shirts, hats, coffee mug. Every six months, you tell us what you want. We send it to you. We also allow one day early access to our main podcast. So instead of it on Wednesday, you get it on Tuesday. You're able to submit scenarios for our smooth operator as well as our spitting fire segments. And we're going to have to maneuver our way through that. And also, most importantly, you get two bonus episodes per month. You get the Fight Club, where two characters from our previous episodes on the main feed face off in a combat setting and battle it out for blood. And you also get the Monster Lab, which once a month we, cre- we decide on a challenge rating and create brand new monsters completely customized and face them off in a character lab style show. So lots of great rewards, all ranging from $1 all the way up to 20. Go to patreon.com forward slash D&D character lab to check it out. Now, let me tell you why Joan is a solid plus one. As part of Secrets Gleaned, she can go ahead and observe her enemy for 10 minutes and give an ally advantage on attack instead of for herself. Unlimited amount of times for as many times as I'm listening to somebody for 10 minutes, no short rest, no long rest required. I can give advantage on attack. Okay. That's the one thing. Yes. But there's a limitation to that. You have to, you have to be able to watch them for a minute, right? No, 10. So if you just get into a battle and you are just now ambushed, this thing you cannot use, correct? If I observed them prior to this battle, I can, I can give advantage on attack to one of my comrades. Yeah. If a spider drops from a tree and starts biting at you guys, you can't do anything. That's correct. Yep. Yep. So so you're weak against spiders. You're strong against guys that you've been able to stalk for a little while. All right. So you think that's a plus one. I I also have one thing here. Let's balance these out. I have Defender of the Fallen. When an ally is reduced to one-fifth of their health, I can use Dash as a bonus action as long as it brings me closer to them. So if I see one of my boys going down... I rush in there to get next to their side. I also have something that is just kind of fun. I have the Weapon Master's Challenge. I can choose an ally during a fight, and as long as I stay within three kills of that ally, so we're going like toe for toe. This is like Gimli and Legolas when they're counting how many kills they get. I get I get an additional plus one to all of my hits. So that kind of helps my friends because it gets me in the it gets me in the battle mood. Kind of dumb. So I'm gonna argue. You think a that's dumb for you? How about this? I'll take a zero. You take a minus one. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, moving right along, I'm going to tell you why she's so balanced. All right, I'm going to go through my numbers here. She's got a strength of 14, a dex of 18, con of 13, intelligence of 12, wisdom of 12, charisma of 14, passive perception of 24. Huge. Saving throws in dexterity, intelligence, and wisdom. Proficiency in acrobatics bring it to a plus 12. Proficiency in deception bring it to a 10. History, a plus 9. Intimidation, a plus 10. Perception, a plus 14. Persuasion, a plus 10. Sleight of hand, a plus 12. Stealth, a plus 17. Wow. You got some expertise in there, huh? Oh, definitely. This is a very solid plus two. This is a very, very, very balanced rogue. Uh, I mean treasure hunter, of course. <laughs> uh, no, you're going to find that treasure. That 17 stealth. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say anything to that. That's really, you got great numbers there. I'm going to argue a 1. I've got a strength of 10, which I don't use at all. I've got a dex of 20. I've got a con of 14. I've got an intelligence 11, wisdom of 15, and charisma of 15. I'm a very wise and friendly boy. Got five proficiencies and, you know, nothing on this level of expertise, but I think overall this character can get done what it needs to get done. And my numbers are good. 
So while your quill may be intimidating alone, what is your build? My build? That's correct. Your physical appearance. Oh, I got a, I got a swimmer's body. Just very svelte? Very svelte. Very sinewy. I wouldn't, because you're a fighter, and I don't, I don't think that you look like a fighter. You know who Porcupine is? He's Edward Norton at the end of Fight Club. Okay, fair. And you yeah. use the word fight to prove your point. So that plus one. Take it. All right. We're going to get into Smooth Operator, and we have a patron submission for a setting. Uh, our boy Ben Potts has submitted a scenario that we're going to put for Smooth Operator and Spitting Fire. All right, so here's what Ben submitted. And Ben, I tweaked this just a little bit to make it more Middle Earth. Remember those orcs you killed at level one? How could you? Those orcs had families. And now it's come back to bite you. While you sit at the local tavern, tavern, sipping your mug of, insert beverage here, Snargle-throp, stimple, stimple sore. An orc? Oh, dude, I had a bad case of the stimple sores like a couple months ago. It takes a long time to get it out. That topical cream, I wish it was more fast-acting. He's an orc. He's an Oath of Vengeance paladin. He comes storming in. Where's that bastard? You know who I'm looking for? Princess Jones slash Porcupine. Snarglethorpe cries. They will pay for the death of my father. Sputterbutt Stimplespore. He draws a sword about as long as he is and begins searching for you in the crowd. So, Princess Joan, how do you handle this situation like a smooth operator? He's just shouted your name over the tavern while you're having a brew. I apply my disguise kit to look like a sheriff deputy in town. I present Ooh. Snarglethorpe with warrant for his arrest using my forgery kit. Once he pleads his case, I present him with a list of crimes that spans nearly 10 minutes in length and threaten to shoot him square between the eyes with my bow should he try and flee. After those 10 minutes, Snarglethorpe is charmed by me. I direct his attention to the pretty lady that is across the bar from him and say that she's been giving him the elevator eyes since he walked in. Once he directs his attention that way, I roll a plus 17 stealth check and use my escape artistry to leave the pub unscathed. Plus two, friends. So let me run this down. You have a disguise kit. You have an ability that charms a creature after you've talked to them for 10 minutes. You've got your stealth. And what else did, What else was in there? Forgery kit. Your forgery kit. That's nice. Well handled. I got my work cut out for me on this one. Here's what Porcupine does. Stands up from the table and slowly draws Quill out and puts it point down on top of the table. He then locks eyes with Stimplesore. And he invokes his old enemy, the, the blood that runs between them. He, they killed his father. He killed Stimplesore's father. Sounds like intimidation, not very smooth operator. Hold your, hold your, hold your shit. He says, I didn't kill your father. Your father came to me. He attacked me and my brethren. And when the rest of his men fell beneath our blades, your father turned coward and ran for the hills. I have advantage on deception checks because yeah i killed the shit out of his dad but i want him to think his dad was a coward because that would crush his pride that's fine but your point about laying quill on the on the uh table is null and void that's intimidation you're scared that's, that's confidence well then why did you choose orcs as your preferred enemy why did ben potts choose goblins and i had to change it to orcs it's all coincidence <laughs> he cheats folks all right so Clearly, mine was way better. I'll give yours you was, zero. Yours was way better. All right, but I'll let me take a, let me take a shot at spitting fire here. All right. So now, this time, Porcupine stands up. He draws Quill out. He jams it into the table. Punches it halfway through the wood of the table. Pounds <laughs> back the rest of his insert beverage here 
looks at Simple Spore and says, you want some of this? Your dad cried like a baby. Myrna, bite his dick off. And Myrna comes pouncing towards him, chomping at the dick. Wait, Myrna is trained to bite dicks? What else can Myrna do? Well, I mean, sick, sick dick is her, it's her main move. Oh, solid. I showed That's her finisher? Yeah, I showed her Sandlot, but we tweaked it to dick. Oh. <laughs> because sick dick just really rolls off the tongue. And in the movie Sandlot, a PG movie, they can't say sick dick, so they had to say sick balls. So I use my advantage yeah. on intimidation checks. I intimidate the hell out of him, and then I stick Myrna on his dick. Plus one. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm using I'm the full arguing... extent of my kit here. This is all I got. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to also argue a plus one. I've got a plus ten to intimidation checks, but I can reveal. So if somebody's not carrying out my will after my plus ten to persuasion, if that doesn't work, that's when I drop the bomb that, oh, by the way, my father's king. And if you don't carry out my will, I'll see to it that you're hung in the gallows. Rep. You're pulling rep on him. Oh, solid. It's part of it's part of the background, baby. So you have plus 10 to intimidation and your rep. That's what you're bringing into this one. Absolutely. Okay. Good rep, though. I mean, that's hard to argue with. I mean, it, but he knew your name was Princess Jones, so don't you think he knew that you were a princess if your name no, was no, Princess No, 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 no. Part of the back... No, no, no. Part of the background is uh, as part of the variant of the Lost Scion Black Shield is that I do not reveal that I am princess to people. And actually, it was part of my backstory if you were paying attention. So you're just Joan? No, I'm just Joan. Just and Joan. nobody's going to think I'm princess when I'm Joan. I'm Joan. Just princess what? That's Joan. That's Joan. She ain't no princess. Unassuming. Unassuming, Unassuming. AF. And so that's your moment. That's your moment to pull it out. Your, your back's against the and wall. And you're I like, pull it out. dad's the king. I mean, obviously. Yes, dad's the king is my quiver. Your smooth operator is much stronger, but I can't argue I'm that. I'm sorry, my quill. Quill, right? Quill is your name of your stupid shit? Yeah, my porcupine quill, baby. All right, so yeah, that's my quill. Plus one. You have your plus one. So good. plus one's for both of us. Good game. Good good Middle Earth game this week. All right, so I'm just going to tell you why somebody would want to play Joan. They might want to rename her, for one, but... No. She's got a real deep story, a lot of roleplay options, and they're all pretty fun. Only critique I have is that pretty much a rogue a lot of rogue features yeah yeah but the ability to gather information and discern weaknesses and grant advantage that's pretty unique i like that yes it is it is i mean and yes i'm i'm playing a fighter i'm playing a two weapon fighter but i got some extra bonuses i love love birthright just to run that down so i get the plus two sword where orcs have to roll the wisdom save and i can transfer my ac to it and then i was able to pick up the lethal ability where i added my proficiency or my ability modifier on top of my damage and where i could get advantage on these uh, charisma checks against orcs that's some cool stuff there that's some cool role-playing elements that they brought to the fighter here so this is definitely up there on all-time fighters i would ever want to play and as much as i like porcupine and his dog myrna princess joan has won this episode nine to six yeah let's hear it for joan 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 i always think i'm losing all right, well, cause good game. Because you lose in life a lot. I do. Make a lot of bad choices, but Joan was a great one. So that did not suck. But, uh, Garen, why don't you go ahead and tell us what's coming out of the lab in the next uh, couple of weeks? All right, happy to do it. Hot off the presses, fresh out of the fryer, pressure cooked it, it's the math. Number two, Wombo's Guide to Combos, 27 combos that two players can put together to create a more powerful ability. It's now a silver bestseller on DMs Guild. It is $1. It's always going to be a dollar. We would love your support to pick it up. It's helping us make the show better. So thank you to 
the tons and tons of people who have already bought it. And if you want to pick it up, we'd be so thankful for you to do that. Because of the success of that, we're already working on our next DM Guild offering, and that'll be coming down the pipe pretty soon. Dan, talk to you about our Patreon. Our Fight Club episode this month was Melfs, our sixth episode we ever did. Those are the characters we brought into Tomb of Annihilation. So that is live already if you become a Patreon. And speaking of, we would like to thank our newest $5 patron, Ryan Leftley. Thank you, Ryan, so much. He's going to be joining us in all of our ventures going forward. We got our shirts on Spreadshirts. The link is in the episode description. If you buy any of those, it also helps the show. And next week, we're creating our first party. This is a fun episode. I'm so excited about this. We're bringing four level one characters each, and we're going to see who throws a better party. I've got all the chips and dip already and plenty of grape soda. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm going to bring the Sprite and Hawaiian Punch Mix with the, add some dry ice in it, make it bubble a little bit. It's going to be a good time. Maybe some party hats. And before we go, I'd like to just extend a special thank you message to our friends over at Cubicle 7 Publishing. They have given us three complimentary copies to use as giveaways for this supplement that we used in this episode and the previous episode. So be sure to check out our Twitter feed for more details on that. Uh, You guys are awesome for doing that. And we have a lot of exciting stuff coming out of the lab. Thank you guys for your support. And that about wraps it up for us. Uh, So just remember, Lab Rats, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at DND Character Lab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.